You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Welcome back, everybody. I'm sorry I've been, you know, a little bit MIA this week, and that's because I'm on the road. I'm in North Carolina today on my way to Orlando. Uh, Toby and I are out doing Matt and Toby shows with the classic crime, in case you didn't catch that. So I just completed uh, my experiment, essentially, to see what it would feel like podcasting four days a week. Or, or something like that at least and I'm having to tell you the truth it was the most fun I've ever had doing the show but I don't know how to do it week over week month over month especially because I travel and go out of town a lot so I'm going to work on that but for, for this week and next week I'm going to probably just have one episode and then when I get back in town I believe I'll be able to figure out how to do at least two a week would be my goal and the more things work out and if we have more people join the Patreon and more sponsors come on then I believe I'll be able to do you know, possibly an episode every day or three, four days a week or something like that. So thank you guys for bearing with me with all the experimental stuff I do with the format of the show. But I can tell you this, I like it more than I ever have, and the numbers have been massive. We had some tremendously good and big episodes uh, in this last month here. It's been our biggest month by two or three times over at least. So uh, having a terrific time, and I really want to thank all the people that have supported me on Patreon. It's very, very motivating. We're almost to our first goal. So Take a second, go to my website, breakitdownpod.com, and click through to the Patreon or search for me on Patreon. See the video I made, see what the perks are, and see if you, I would ask you to consider supporting this show and joining our Slack community where we're talking about music, technical stuff, possible guests and topics for the show, stuff like that. I also want to thank Broadcast Supply Worldwide for sponsoring all last month, and they're going to continue to do so this month and hopefully beyond uh, buy all your podcasting and audio gear there buy it from broadcast supply worldwide their website is bswusa.com the best part is you get 10 percent off when you use my promo code down d-o-w-n i think they're great i think their website is great and i've gotten some good feedback from people using them and of course that's who i get my gear from they've got good phone service they've got good website they you know and again 10 percent off the prices are already as good as anybody else's out there and you get 10 percent off so use the promo code down at bswusa.com Okay, the episode today is one that I recorded right here on the tour bus, and I'm sure you can tell from the title of the episode and its description. I'm sitting down with Matt McDonald from The Classic Crime, Aaron, Lunds from, Aaron Lunsford from As Cities Burn, and Toby and myself from Emory. And what we do is go through... Well, first of all, we just were in mid-conversation complaining about publicists and publicity and doing interviews that are poor quality because... It happens a lot, and it's just, you know, tour bus talk. And then we just transitioned in. I started the recorder going, and then we transitioned into playing our old demos and how bad they were and how we got a little bit better. And then eventually we have some recordings and some songs that actually sound good, and we eventually got noticed by labels, and we all eventually got signed, and we're all a lot better than we were five years ago and 10 years ago and 15 years ago. But I thought it'd be fun to show some old demos and early versions of songs and the kind of stuff we were writing and what a band sounds like before they become a pro band essentially so you'll uh you know you'll get the feel of it but i'm gonna just drop us right into this conversation uh again classic crime as cities burn and emory going through old demos hope you guys like this episode i will figure out something for next week and then i'll be back home after that and talk to you guys soon thanks break it down dada break it down oh break it down break it down oh break it down
And Emory, we've done a million bad interviews. It's a joke. Well, I've sat here and watched now, them. Well, here's the thing. Publicity and all that stuff is almost all made up. It's, I don't even know what it even means. Like when, when they say publicity, like there's only been a few times where it felt like it was a real thing. Like the that NPR was something. thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was like, there's uh, yes, exactly. Like we got to go on NPR, that means that we benefited from that interview. Right. Not them, even. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but well, if they, how if, many interviews have you done where yeah. you benefited from it? Like, I mean, we didn't do Rolling Stone. Yeah, if the person interviewing you doesn't at least... It doesn't have to be bigger than you, but if they don't at least have an audience that you don't have access to currently, right. it's not worth it. There's a few people that are real, like, for example, just off the top of my head, like Property of Zach, yeah. who did it for real and worked his ass off. Because and, he's good. And, right, right. He's good, and, it, and it's good, but I mean... We've done so many where... There was one time in Arizona... What's the name of that club? Uh, y'all know what I'm talking about? It's right outside of... Tempe... Uh, um, Marquee... Yeah, the Marquee Theater. Theater. Yeah, 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 yeah. The guy comes on the bus and he goes... Oh, 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 you, you guys rent this bus? Uh, oh, uh, uh, this is really cool. Um, yeah, so... Uh, what? What do you guys? Uh, what do you do on the bus? Like, and they're all really bad <laughs> questions. And what we realized was he got a journal journalist pass, photo pass, so he gets a free interview ticket. pass, free ticket, just everything to come on the bus. And he got to just come on the bus, and that so everything was about him. And, and it's probably for about his high school paper. No, I remember that happened in Grand Rapids. Maybe it's like that little kind of chubby girl came on. And it was just so Why bad. Why she gotta be chubby? You didn't have to say she that. She's a little chubby girl. Oh, come on. She was like one of those little frumpy girls. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I don't know. It was, it was oh, on tour. One of those, those, one of those little the, frumpy girls? <laughs> oh, like oh I know exactly like, what you mean. She could have been a little skinny girl, too. It would have been or equally just, or, as lame. Or what about just a, a nice lady? <laughs> So nice, she was pointless. A mean lady. I wanted to have a, a publicist. We ruined your story. What were you going to say about the little frumpy girl? It was just another bad interview when I was tour manager. I couldn't believe that we agreed to do it. And then I tried, and then I tried to start enforcing it's like, like Chris Farley um, through your swag. management at the time, oh, which I think was still Outer Lou. Like, hey, these interviews are so bad. Like, what are we doing? You know? I was going to have a publicist on here at some point, but I think it might be. Who knows how it would be, but I want to talk to him about how, you know, talk to a publicist and yeah. tell them all my grievances with their yeah, industry yeah, yeah. And, so, and see how that goes. It might be, not be a good conversation because my most point is publicists are not great or valuable for yeah. the most part, I think, that unless you're big. Yeah, high level. If you're big, it's like you're just you're just – your job is sort through all that to find the good stuff. Yeah. But if you're a low-level publicist, your job is literally uh, drum up business. It's volume. Drum, drum up volume so you don't get fired yeah. for next month. So it's local papers, zines with two listener viewers, whatever. Yeah. Just if the band feels like you've sent them interviews to do, then you'll keep your job for another yeah. month. And so they're just looking to say, "Wait, well, hey, we did nine pieces. This, you know, I got you nine interviews while you're on tour, but they're largely terrible." I so mean, publicist is supposed to be making critical decisions of the best things you could be doing but you know i guess that's our fault for not having any the publicist would say if more people <laughs> you know, gave a shit about your that's band right, that's i would right. be doing better yeah. right yeah. <laughs> right they, they could probably this is all i can more. get this is man. all i can get you yeah, yeah for sure on the at city's burning reunion tour i just said no to every single interview and photo pass every single one just because you didn't want to do it because it didn't matter well, we what, what did we have to benefit well, from yeah it. we had nothing to promote and we, whatever the tour had already happened before the tour we did i did some interviews and i wanted people to do interviews but no we're gonna we're not gonna block out an hour of our day sitting on the bus making cody do an interview yeah because you know, it's just goofy or having a photo guy up on the part. stage so fuck off 
Yeah. McDonald, you ever turn down it? Like, you don't really suffer fools too much. You get kind of pretty blunt and possibly mean. <laughs> do you yeah. get? Do you, you ever get mad at your interviewers? I try to have you? an open posture about it. I try to do them now. I used to not. Um, but like, yeah, if if they're if I feel like they're they're not good at their job, I will start getting a little bit testy. I think that's what Aaron Marsh from Copeland would do. He would correct to interviewers. What would he do, Toby? Just tell them, say, this isn't good. Yeah, he said you are unprofessional. Yeah. And if I if I go along with this, I'm aiding he you said, in I'm your in, unprofessional. Aaron Marsh would say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but it was really cool because I mean, maybe it's oh, he's an asshole or whatever. But he's not really because he would tell he would say, listen, if I don't give you actual feedback here, I'm just enabling you to continue being yeah. bad. But you can be good. Yeah, he, he said this is bad. I'm that's bad. These are bad questions, etc. He would say it to yeah. their face, you know. Don't just, ask. Well, also there, but he there's, was being, there's times where people will show up and go, "Hey, can I interview you? I work for this zine." Yeah. And you're like, well, uh, "Okay," like you just get called off guard, and he would right. just be blunt with them and say, you, "There's proper channels. If you follow them, I will do the interview." Right. Oh, and that's what he really right would way. do. Yeah, he, he would never you know, let somebody through anything. Yeah. He wouldn't let somebody through if they didn't go through the proper channels, even yeah. if they sounded legit. Yeah. It's just well, you didn't. You got to learn go through tournaments. One of the questions are like, stuff, "How'd you come up. up with your band name? Yeah. And what's your favorite song to play?" Like, those are the ones that nobody cares about. Yeah, the, and and also nobody understands. Like, we do. We've done so many of these stupid, dumb interviews that like it. it it's so draining and awful. Like, I, I know my family goes, "Oh, you got to do an interview." <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, yeah, like, they we, think yeah, it's right, great right, or, so, right. or something like that. But I'm just like, no, you don't understand. Who cares if some blog site in Montana wrote something <laughs> about you. That, that just You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that, that Everybody stuff is got so old. Well, the yeah. thing about it is just that it we probably sound like jerks. We are, though. Yeah, we <laughs> are. I'll own it. But lest we sound that way we'll we'll spend the rest of the episode embarrassing ourselves oh being, yeah sounds good because everybody starts somewhere i know those interviewers right. start bad and some of them probably go on to be good right but you start bad and then you get good so that's what we'll do on the episode here but um we'll play demos and stuff but who wants to go first well i think you got you got as cities burn pulled up there i got as cities i'd burn love to hear i love right, to hear shitty as <laughs> cities burn yeah. What, this is probably what from Sun I Love Jay, your darkest. Yeah, it's probably the third <laughs> and it was the darkest. Okay, so Aaron, what is this? We're going to listen to this. It's a song called Breath of Water, and actually, uh, I wasn't even in the band when they recorded this. They had another drummer for the first six to eight months when they were still a local band. Uh-huh. So I wasn't in the band, but I did play these songs live, and this is the first As Cities Burn song I ever heard. So. All right, let's, we can talk over it, but I'm going to play it, and we're going to embarrass ourselves a little bit here. Thanks for going first, Aaron. Let's see how this works. <laughs> That's TJ singing. And then there's Cody doing like a, a harmony. So I was telling before we started, you heard like the one note melody. Right. You know? I still think the I still think the guitar playing is the composition is still kind of cool. Yeah, I right. do too. I think the guitar playing is good. Well, yeah. I would even... All right, so I was thinking about this when we were talking about doing the podcast before. Man, this drummer's really good, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this song, even compared to, like, later Son of Love, Just Your Darkest stuff, this is more of a song structure. Like, it has a 
intro, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, all that stuff. Yeah. Some of your darkness, we started going in these kind of like uh, this part, that part, that part. Like we had an aversion towards structure. Yeah. But early on, Cody was writing stuff that had a ton of structure. So you don't know anything about the recording of this? The recording was done in Baton Rouge with just some guy they know. You know, like, not good. It sounds like just early emo to me. Like, this would sound like Deep Elm Records. I, I kind of Stuff like that it. I listened to. Like, I thought I would have thought this is so awesome. I mean, when we'll get to it, the, the, uh, the bridge has, like, a really sick guitar part. So what I always say about this is that for me I heard something special about what Cody was doing uh-huh. outside of the obviously well, that, lack of quality of the recording and even like the vocal parts were pretty undeveloped and they were still figuring it out with the Cody on guitar I was like this kid's on yeah the guitar theme of and then changing that yeah. throughout the song is actually pretty genius it's yeah. pretty cool this chorus isn't bad really I mean, this won you over. You thought this was badass. No, back it, then, right? All right, this made me move. Quit college. <laughs> Hold on, huh? <laughs> this song and this demo that I heard, I'd never seen them play or anything. This five song demo that they had, uh, I quit college and moved to Louisiana. Yeah. Like, left everything, packed up my car. See, that's and- the complex thing here because I think. This sounds bad, and I think most people are hearing this. That's bad. As cities burns way better than this. That's a joke. That's not even them, right? But it is, and that's the weird part is people don't know how to recognize something good in a demo yeah, or a yeah, song. The but you did, which is probably speaks to your musicianship in a general way. Is that you could hear something. This was something. This but part, I don't think yeah, most people would. This part coming up is what literally I'm like, oh okay. All right, I'm gonna listen to that. This part here, the bridge. Shredding. Yeah. And this is third eye blind. It's so pop punky. It is. Well, they had like a pop punk band called Stand In before this. Yeah. And that's just what they were super. Cody was really into Cody and Cambria. Yeah. 2.82. But I still hear hardcore and stuff. It it started to creep in here. Well, screaming is what TJ is really good at. Now his voice got better over time. Yeah. And TJ has his own cool style, I think, of the way he sings. But the the hardcore thing, just as time went on, it started to be more apparent that that's where... Were you guys doing the two vocal thing? Do you think they were doing that because that was like Taking Back Sunday? And It was popular at the time, for sure. And what year is this? This is 2000. They recorded this in either late 2002 or early 2003. Okay. So Taking Back Sunday would have been out yeah, doing the two vocal basically. thing. Yeah. And shouting over each other, etc. Okay, so so you start there, and then what's the next thing? I'm, I'm going to go farther in. The point of this is bands that eventually are good are possibly bad, but have something good going. So yeah. it's important for people to figure out how that may work, I think. You have to learn to recognize talent and develop what you're good at, but obviously it takes a, a long time. There's bands that I've seen before that are horrible, and I've written them off and then seen them a few years later and they're good. Yeah. It is possible. So yeah. even the band that you saw that you think is horrible, they could be good if there's something to build yes. on and work with or a standout talent or some special they do or something unique. But this is uh, – then there was a – I want to play the demo that got you signed to Tooth & Nail. Yeah, this is that one. We have that so one this too. Is, it so has – uh, Before that though, like between that song and this song, what, what happened? Okay, so between that song and this song – they had recorded one more EP right before I joined the band, like uh-huh. a few weeks before. 
So we played and toured on that for a while and sent that off. To, we sent that off to labels, not that first one. Uh-huh. And we sent it off to and nobody every label, yeah. no responses right. at all. And we've been touring the country and all this stuff. So uh, I remember at the end of a tour when it was we'd gone to Seattle, we were trying to get on Tooth and Nail, and nobody came to see us play. Uh, Shane Tarpo stood us up. And uh, he said he was coming. He said they had arranged it or whatever, and he said he was coming. We're, like, driving back across the country. You booked a whole tour to Seattle to play for Tooth and Nail, and they didn't show up. Yeah, yeah. Hey. So we were, like, driving back across the country, and we're like, what do we need to do? We're like, are, are we chasing a dream here that's not going to happen? Or, and then we had started writing some new songs. We're like, okay, we need to go back in the studio and do a new and better demo that's going to better reflect where we're going. All right, so that's and that's this, this and then eventually Tooth and Nail did hear, and Brandon did want to sign this. Yes. So now we're in the territory where the first one, even a label, a, a band member liked it, you liked it, yes. but but labels didn't. And yeah. then now we're to the territory where a label saw talent, but still normal, probably, listeners wouldn't. And also, either. this is after touring quite a bit. Yeah, yeah we had been yeah. touring right, for here. over almost a year when we did this. Hopefully. Right now is the time for that. Okay, that's a lot better. Or it's a lot more like I said, it's burning. Yeah. Well, this song is on Sentinel's Garden. Okay. It changed, but. This is good enough to get you signed, essentially. Well, so I think the chorus coming up, I think the story, I think Brandon, that right there, I think he heard like a. Not a hit, but like, a, oh, this is a, a really good chorus. And he even, when we eventually recorded on Synology Darkest, he had Matt Goldman do a remix that made it into a more pop radio format. Yep. And it was so bad. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. And we, we said, no, 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 no. That's, it was like speeding down and slowing up. And like, it just didn't work. Did you guys like... Do you guys like cursive Ugly Organ? Never listened to them much. No, no really? Because mm-hmm. I hear a bit of that in that it's, chorus. It's all Further Scenes Forever okay. influenced and mixed with, you know, the little bit of hardcore. And this recording was done how? This was done at First Street Studios, a decent studio. This guy, Tyler Orr, uh-huh. in Cleveland, Tennessee, that had approached us like, hey, let me record. And he's pretty good. Thing. He's a real Yeah, at guy. that time, it was still pretty new. How much but, did it cost? Oh, I don't know. We had uh, Barry Pointer mix it. Oh, that's cool. So that was one Zayo thing. So we went to Little Rock and had Barry Pointer who did, yeah, Zayo, Living Sacrifice, Haste Today, Juliana Theory, Motion is Dead. He wow. did. Yeah. So he mixed it and uh, sent it off. Ryan Rado sent it off, and Chad Johnson came out to our show in Seattle finally the next time. And we then you got signed, then you made Sun, I Love Just Your Darkest, and now I'm going to skip ahead to Come Now Sleep. So, And then that band that you just heard, the small evolution of this is what this is what you think sounds really good that y'all did. Yeah, I think this is the peak. She's now Sorry, this was recorded two and a half years after what the previous demo. So within a three or four year span of the very first thing, this was recorded in early 2007, and in 2003 we had Breath of Water. So this is where we're at now. I mean, how many tours though? 
thousand shows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a thousand shows and 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 that's producer. probably what makes the difference. It does make a difference, and good producer. And we had the uh, the Swedes who recorded Refuse Shape of Punk to Come mix this record. I think it's so, more to, way more to do with Cody figuring out what he was supposed to be doing vocally and, and what his guitar tone was supposed oh, to sure. sound like yeah. and all that, and getting working it out live. Yeah, I think that's what really makes it different. I mean. I think I like the demo better, though. (laughs) (laughs) Their old shit was way better. Yeah, yeah. I like y'all before y'all sold out. What is this? Top 40 radio? (laughs) Definitely some good drum tones that are live and cracking and some verb on there yeah stuff that wasn't there on the earlier stuff oh yeah adds to the emotion for sure yeah well it's the difference between maybe it's not it's this record after it was all said and done what cost sixty thousand dollars versus yeah. a four hundred dollar demo that's so crazy you know i don't know how much that really matters it doesn't make you a good band but no. the gap there is insane yeah, it is. as far as quality. Is of, it 150 times better sounding? I don't know. I don't no, know. Well, I know, but think about think about taking a band that's not that good, but has some raw talent, and then make them play a thousand shows to give them 60 grand to go record. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's a, and give them say develop for three years, play yeah. a thousand shows, and then I'll come back and then I'll give you how many bands that never got that opportunity would have been good. That right. You saw them as a local band; they were just shitty. And you just wrote them off, like you, you know what I mean. I think there was a diamond in the rough, though. There, and then, right? And then, and then touring just uncovers the rough, just yeah. files it all down to this diamond. Well, yeah. I think with bands, I mean, it could be for us. Cody is Cody is the most thing that matters as far as being talented and making the band go creatively. So I think I don't know. Matt said to me with Toby even that for Toby he saw something in you that was like, okay, I'm gonna ride this out. Toby said that about me. Or you I said, said that about no, Toby. No, yeah, I yeah. said that about Toby. That's yeah, so you identify. I was going to say, wow, he said no, that about no, no, me. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like identifying I've a certain talent or a certain thing. <laughs> okay, we have. There's one. There is one ingredient that can really make this band go. Obviously, usually a songwriter, but everybody yeah. else can come up with it. Like, yeah, everybody else can learn. Yeah, to yeah. Get, yeah get so we all progressed with Cody. That's right. Even though he was already had something going on that made him special. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's probably true. Yeah. All right, let's do classic crime next. Oh great! All what, right. What are we gonna play? Your uh, bad demo? Yeah. We're gonna do this one here. So the, we the were reason? in a yeah we were in a band called Horizon before. Is it all the, same members? Without Robbie, uh-huh. but yeah, there was we were a four piece, and before we added the second guitar, and um, and we all were living at the band house, and we had some gear, and we recorded with that gear. Alan was in. Um, we all dropped out of school, but he was before he dropped out. He was in audio production school, and his parents, unlike mine, had purchased him like a Digio Two rack, yeah, or a, um, a console and Pro Tools, and so we used that. And I had no idea. I was in audio school too before I dropped out, but I, I had basic knowledge of Pro Tools, and you know didn't even really understand compression or anything. And we just recorded this in in a live room. We didn't know how to tune anything or how to do the drums or anything it was just super live so you self-recorded yeah so it's zero budget we didn't even understand a click track um so this song moves a lot uh rhythmically tempo wise (laughs) no click track no click track no click track yeah and were you able to get anybody to like this 
We did, yeah. I mean, our friends, mostly. <laughs> so you, I mean, I would guess you're more emb- embarrassed about the lyrics than you are even the song, maybe? Yeah. I mean, I think the lyrics are still like... It's a concept that is whole. Yeah. And so that's the one thing I take away is that like... When I wrote a when I wrote a song back then, I still understood that it had to say one thing the whole time. Yeah. And then this is where it speeds up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny is though, thinking probably thinking back same way as, as me. When you recorded this, you thought, "Oh my yeah. god, yeah, yeah. Yeah. we are We're so real. Good. <laughs> we are real." We are just like everybody else. We have a recording. Yeah. And pre- you, what did you do? Did you send it to labels? We pressed it to CD, and it was our demo that we used to like get live shows. Uh-huh. So like the coffee, the coffee shop, whatever they wanted, they're like, bring us your demo, and you can come play. So we, that's what we would do. We'd press the demo, we'd put the, the stick the label on it that we printed yeah, out, yeah, yeah. and then we would, we would give it to them, and we'd be like, now we can play a show. <laughs> The CD harmonies used to mean so much. Oh, Just yeah. that personal CD, CD production, uh, private. Oh, we had to print, we had to buy so much color for the printer to print those labels. <laughs> oh, put I the labels on it. You have to have nitro. Hey, we're all getting together. We're gonna yeah. burn CDs. We're burning CDs. We're gonna label them. Take all night. There <laughs> those real thick stickers, and it made the. Sometimes it wouldn't make the CD mess up. Yeah. 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 No, it wouldn't even play wouldn't that well. Spin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my cousin's got an eight-time CD burn. Yeah, that, oh my god! Because when we were first burning CDs, they were in one time, real time. So. Yeah, yeah. One of our one of our buddies had like an optical cable in the back of his CD burner, so we could get the optical in there, and that would be like super high quality in our minds. Yeah, but of course it was just you know 16-bit garbage. And here it speeds up even more because Skip got excited. Skip's our drummer. And then this is like a, an extremely long, this is before we knew how to structure a song, it's just an extremely long bridge. Yeah. And it's about two minutes long. <laughs> uh, that was a, that was Emery all the way. I mean, we thought you got to have a song the seven minutes. You, I mean, they need to hear this over longer and over and over and over. Bro. Yeah, longer is better. Yeah, sure. you just, yeah, do stuff. The first thing Ed Rose did was just cut everything. Cut everything out, like, yeah. I was like, you're supposed to add. <laughs> I thought you were gonna add to our music. All I did was cut shit out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's one of the things that you learn is that saying no to yourself is the first step to becoming good. Yeah, I think it's so. going. Not everything I do is badass, and I think you're you're kind of like struck with the wonder of it all initially, and you're just in love with everything that you're doing as a band because it sounds so good because you've never heard yourself all come that's together just with this group. Narcissism. Yeah, like it's just like oh my gosh, we're just it. everything we are is good, and all of our friends are saying we're good. And then you get with a real producer, and they're like, no, cut that, cut that, cut yeah. that, cut that. And then you get used to cutting. Yeah. You get not like, you know, well, cutting, people, cutting, they cutting. Get into that, they, and people will phrase that a lot of times as less is more, they'll right. say. But I don't really like that saying because I think it's it's a little over-reductive. But I would say do less but better is the way I would say. Right. You find what is the best thing to do right. be- even better and focus on that. But right. this just is just that minimal. It's not just minimal. Yeah. It's not... Yeah. Well, I like that you asked that you picked this song too because it's probably our worst song as far as like catchiness. 
I mean, this sounds like a local band that you would just see at an Emory show. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah. We could open up for Emory, are you yeah. saying? Yeah. Back we then, played yeah. this. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine it would sound ten times better playing it live at the show. Oh, it was the so demo, bad. like yeah, yeah. you know, it's like. You're saying my production is bad? No, I'm just saying there's an energy to a song live that yeah. every every band on the same stage, the same sound system, in a way sounds the same. Right. It's kind of level playing field. Right. Way, so. Well, another right. thing about that demo, too, though, is one thing that makes it work to me, it, thinking back to you guys back then was still the vocals sound pretty good like you can tell it's your it's a good, good singer oh yeah sure. you know what i mean like that, well, that, that, and that was the talent no but that's what i'm saying like, that that's what, that, what you know what i mean if those demos where the singers just horrible <laughs> you know like when <laughs> when when, I, when that coffee shop they heard 25 uh, yeah. exact same things and then your voice is like oh this guy's real they got our demo they booked us immediately at the <laughs> TLC coffee shop in Marysville right, so the next step for y'all is what this uh, th- this is uh, this is did you get signed with this did you, what was this next thing uh, no this th- this song we'll do that um, 49 degree one then yeah we can do that one yeah um, this is a little this uh, is the next step after that right yeah maybe a little bit a little bit like maybe a year later and we hadn't toured at all. <laughs> Not like Aaron. It was better sounding. Okay. It's the same room and the same production, really. Well, it's you've already progressed because it's not just like open guitar chords, you know? It's like you have like a little... <laughs> I don't know, there's something about that, like... Uh, it's like when you go from writing, maybe you played in a worship band where everything's just open. You're yeah, like, okay, yeah, we'll yeah. just do that in our rock band too, right? <laughs> like the verse is all open and then the chorus is all open. I think you're right, though. One of the things you were saying earlier is that you guys, you were writing a song that had like consistency or it was the same idea or there was something that, yeah. like, I, this does stand out. Like, this is a, it sounds more like a real song that where there's, there's, there's parts and it's a, a plan. Well, it's not just some goofballs going, hey, let me just do this. I think I was saying it earlier. This song's called 49 Degrees of Separation, and my wife, then girlfriend, was Canadian. And when I was 19, we broke up, and she was across the border, which was the 49th parallel. <laughs> and so this is all about me like desperately wanting to get my girlfriend back. That, that's uh, a hallmark of bad yeah. lyrics or immature lyrics is like... Uh, it's just like over dramatize it. Oh. Like you're, you're searching for something to over dramatize. I mean, you know, but the lyric okay. in the chorus right there is, "It's best for you that you're gone. It's best for you." <laughs> but that just shows you how dumb women are. They fall for that shit. She loved it. Oh, the 49th parallel. He's a poetic genius. Well, you're on the right you're married track. to her with three kids. <laughs> She fell for she it. She fell for it. Yeah. She loves that demo. She didn't even hear it. I mean, we were broken up for eight months, and in that eight months, I did this. I did this song, and I was just like, <laughs> well, just but see, you're broken on, you're on the right track with the fact that what Toby's recognizing there that it works. Yeah, that it's dramatic, but it's overstated and overdramatic. Sure. And then all you do is tone it down and make it more yeah. subtle and be nuanced and complex. It's the, I, sa- it's the same I building I kill block. myself to get to you is right, the lyric right. I was <laughs> Ripped out of my chest was a place right. I kept for you, yeah, and it's best go. for you that you're gone. Yeah. Oh, so many. So freaking evil. Yeah, but I mean, all those people in the Seattle area, just all those dudes <laughs> just love that. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, so let's let's zip way ahead to your <laughs> new album. Funny how when you're young, you <laughs> how much you feel and oh, think is real. I felt it so desperately. And then right after that, after this period, you you, you guys got signed and everything. Pretty yeah, we basically recorded another demo um, with Casey Bates in Seattle, who had done a bunch of stuff, and he made us sound really good. And actually, we played to a click and replaced the drum sounds. And yeah. then that's basically what Tooth and Nail so, signed us on. Yeah. So that's interesting because that means you don't have to get a whole lot better than that to get signed. I mean, I guess it's different well, these it days, was, but I mean, that's, it was that's about production. almost encouraging. But yeah, I mean, kind of our best song we'd recorded like four times up until yeah. that point, and we finally did. It was like, all right, this is the final time we're recording this. Yeah, we did it with Casey, and then that's the song that got us signed. And they're like, no, you're doing it again. And they still do. Oh, and it was who needs air? He's done a ton of stuff. This guy Casey, right? Casey, yeah, 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 I mean, Casey's he did, did Gassy's American Dream yeah. and uh, Forgive Durden and This Providence and. Um, what was that band? Uh, He's done oh, Pearl band. Jam. Yeah, Pearl Jam. No. <laughs> he did Portugal the Man, a bunch of Portugal. Yeah, Portugal oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Pierce the Veil he did. Um, he did, uh, what was that? Um, Chiodos. Chiodos. Was a big oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so now we'll go to the new Classic Crime, which, by the way, everybody, this isn't a promo episode for this, but Classic Crime does have a new record that just came out called How to Be Human, and here's a track from it that for sure is amazing on a production level plus you guys are mature and i think you probably really feel like you got into the zone lyrically on this this is by far my favorite album oh of yours. thanks man. but I, I, i'm not a lyric guy but the lyrics are what make me really it, was, it stands out as fully mature to me like Thank you're you. trying to say yeah. a certain thing in a nuanced and complex way that I can yeah. grasp all that kind of stuff. That, yeah, like one of your lyrics is, I would jump off a bridge to get to you. Right. <laughs> it's, it's really developed you in just the last 10 years. <laughs> Definitely um, drum sounds. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> I think it's really, I don't know how to communicate Drums this really or if, I, if it even makes sense to people. It's so interesting to me coming from like, you grow up, you're a local band, you're not good, you see like the other bands that you want to play with, like you play with a, you know, we played Tooth and Nail bands when I was in a pump pop, play with Ace Troubleshire. Oh, they're so pro. They yeah. sound so good. And now all the people I'm surrounded with that I'm friends with that are musicians, like totally outside of like a fandom or like, like I'm not like I didn't grow up an Emory fan or a classic crime fan, but there's this like mutual respect. Like yeah, you're you're pro band. Yeah, you whether sound, you like it or not, you sound it's, right. Yeah. Like like you said like, before, Nickelback. Everybody hates them, but they're um, there's nothing wrong with what they're, they're not yeah. bad at what they do no, at no, all. No. They're, they're not they're essentially flawless at what they've chosen to do. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just very interesting to me that aspect of uh, tour managing classic crime on this tour. I mean, this is the first time I've ever even seen y'all play. <laughs> but but no, I'm, but I'm watching. I'm like, yeah, they're they're a band. Yeah, they know what to do. <laughs> they yeah. know what they're doing, and that's by virtue of playing a thousand shows. Yeah, exactly. And it didn't even matter the size of the band. Classic Crime wouldn't stay, it, they wouldn't like stick out like they don't belong here if they were playing in front of 10,000 people. Yeah. They wouldn't, that would, you know, they could be on tour with anybody and play for 10,000 people. They would seem like, totally yeah, they, They're right. a pro band. They right. sound good. Yeah. Like so. it's objective, they're objectively arrived at what they do. Yes. And, and you can like a, them or not. Yeah. It's yeah. a matter of success after that yeah. point, but they're there. Yeah, that's true. Same with Emory, same with everybody we know. Yeah. And, you know, or any of the bands that, that generally tour. I mean, and they like, were all yeah. bad before that. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, like, we're on tour with Civilian right now. They're a band that 
doesn't have a ton of fans yet, but is really, really good at their stuff. They yeah. play really, really good music yeah. and have sorted that out, you know. There is something when you see a band, a professional band is different. Something like, for yeah. example, I had never been a Reliant K fan, right? But after seeing them play live, yeah. I was blown Did away. You recently, you went to their show. I, I toured, oh, when oh, we yeah, toured. We, with we them. toured with them. Oh, and, you mean just, we yeah. toured with them and then seen them at festivals and stuff. Yeah. And I just, I was so blown away by like, it, it sounds cheesy to say they're pro, but I mean just the way they perform and well, sound. Yeah. And, Present the That's music. what I was saying it's when unbelievable. I think of people I'm around, I think like Hoops, I live in his neighborhood, and I think, hey, you're just in this Reliant K, you're my neighbor. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> literally my neighbor. Yeah, he came to our show. And who I, yeah, yeah, who I see at the coffee shop. Yeah. I'm like, man, your band is pro. And that's just so <laughs> pro. His band's really pro. Yeah, his, his band band's really pro. Really pro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't fuck around. They don't fuck around. <laughs> Reliant K do not fuck around. <laughs> oh, find it for you, sorry. Okay, so we'll go now. We'll move on to Emory now. Let's the so the first band that we were, me and Devin grew up playing uh, music together in high school. We started doing Weezer covers and playing Nirvana and Silverchair and stuff like that. And then we met Toby and Joey in college. And Toby and Joey had a band called Joe Seven Forty Seven, but it was just Toby and Joey. So Toby would play <laughs> yeah. a, an Aria Pro electric guitar and a Cray amp, and Joey would play bass, and that was the band. <laughs> Wait, there's no nothing else. <laughs> well, they no. just, they never had any gigs. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, like they, yeah. they just yeah. play in the bedroom songs that Toby was writing, and Joey would film along. We just on the yeah, bass. we just work on songs, guitar and bass. But you never played a show. Band. I mean, eventually, eventually. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I was about to say no, 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 no was... but not for maybe years. <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, we really, I mean, I we played eventually. I mean, that was the goal. It's like everybody, but I mean, we didn't. And it, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm always when you tell we didn't your have story, gigs. yeah. But when you tell your story, like you y'all toward the. America, like just doing well, it, no, like that—that that just seems so shocking. Before you were signed or anything, like yeah, we you were nothing. saying, like it was a depressing story. No. Like maybe we're just faking the dream. But I mean, you were living the dream, really. Well, honestly, I my first summer out of high school, I was on tour most of the summer. That's insane. Not with that city's burn with the, my pop punk band. I mean, so I we toured I, Texas, Missouri. <laughs> You know, where it just all over Louisiana, Oklahoma. We just played. Show every, See, we didn't. Yeah. We had nothing. There was nothing around. And T- Toby was writing these songs, and we'd go over and listen to him play in the bedroom. Me and Devin were more advanced because we had yeah. a whole band that right. we play at yeah. bars, and we <laughs> we play covers at bars. I mean, we we're like, whoa! But some of the stuff this guy Toby's doing is yeah different. Like it makes me feel something when I hear it. But it was terrible sounding I imagine so then me and Devin started playing Devin would play drums and I'd play guitar We uh, maybe I'd play drums and well, who knows we yeah. were just like come over to our house we'll work on these songs and then we, yeah, we were trying to steal it. them for their band because they well, were the pro band so that's why <laughs> there's a pro band playing <laughs> yeah. Green Day covers we looked up to them we're like hey I mean, maybe y'all could play with us or? that's why, why you want me to play here Toby you can talk over this but what song you want me to play uh, Grey's Nasty Color or what yeah well what yeah, that, I was trying to think of like the one that would show you how you bad we are but all, I, okay, I, yeah. I mean, they're all whatever you want to play. I mean, we, Matt recorded this album. Yeah, I recorded this on a Roland eight track thing and uh, play Psycho. <laughs> Psycho. So, so, you're talking about bad lyrics. God. This song's about my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I like His name's Psycho. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to Psycho. do a parallel from the that's the very movie re- Psycho. That's rebellious. Then, you know what I mean? Like she was. I don't know. Like she was all. She <laughs> controlled everything. And, A ride coming in. Oh, okay. Oh, there's some six eight. 
I always do 6A. This my, it is my time The signature. last three songs of our set here is 6A. I know. I love 6A. Crazy. I love 6A. Well, I mean, <laughs> I haven't heard this in probably several years. You cried on the day I was born. Why did you waste your time? <laughs> It's really sad if you listen to it. That's desperately sad. Holy shit. Oh I like the, I like this oh, music really. Matt was feeling something he never felt before. I, know. This I mean it's basically a, like it sounds like a worship song. Oh yeah. Like the chords and the drum beat is a yeah. worship song. You just put some emo lyrics over it. Is that Devin in the background? I think it's me. Right. Maybe. Here we go. Get heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that distortion yeah. so much. Listen like, up. <laughs> Mama. And how old were you whenever this happened? I was in early 20s. I mean, we didn't start this till I was definitely 20, oh, past 21. Past 21. Yeah. So that's what I, whenever, so I was working on the Emory book, trying to wrap my head around the timeline of Emory. Yeah. Is that's what it was like so fascinating to me. That Oh, that we're old. Not that you're old, just that the 20s. development came late, because it's the same amount of development, really, for for all the bands. Yeah. yeah. Like when I, we just started late. Yeah, like when I, my senior year of high school, or my pop punk band probably played 40 shows that year, right? But. It's a Weezer it's song insane. here, man. Right? <laughs> yeah, I was I was definitely influenced by Weezer big time. This sounds like Re- Weezer hardcore. It, it's funny because we just didn't know. Like I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like all you guys, like when you the, your your demo. How old were you when that, that demo you showed, Matt? I was 19. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like it didn't even cross my mind. I, I mean, I thought I could write a song, but I didn't think get people together and try and do something with it. It was just absurd. And then once we started, I mean, literally, I probably, we start. I mean, I would write, I was in a, I guess I was in a band a little bit earlier, but just not, I never thought anything about it. And there was no idea of music outside of the radio. Yeah. Just never had that. So I, I didn't, I didn't think you could go on tour with your originals. You know what I mean? The who who would do that? I was from a small town too, and I think I was pretty isolated from the whole scene. There was no live music in my town, so I felt like I got a late start. Guys in my band, they were like in bands in high school and like actually toured when they were like 16, 17. And so I came in as the fresh guy at like 19. And so I I was like new to that to to yeah. them. But I can totally see how like if you're from a small town, I mean, you're not even exposed to the idea that that's even possible until maybe you, yeah, maybe you're like 21, you know? It was so funny, too, that one song we were just listening to, I could never let my mom, I couldn't show it to her. Yeah, yeah. Or anything, because I was trying to be, you know, all emotional and stuff and talk about Would shit. Would she have known what it was about if she heard it? <laughs> yeah. Mama, why didn't you cry? Why didn't you die? <laughs> yeah, so, why didn't you stay? Why didn't you die? <laughs> You know what I like about that song, though, is like I was listening to your voice, and it doesn't sound like it's changed that much. It's like, I feel the same like, character. I feel like my voice has changed a lot. Like I've gotten better, but like you, because I don't know, maybe it's just because you were like 21 or 22 yeah. at the time. He was older. You kind of had already developed into like the singer. I mean, obviously you're a lot better singer now, but like there's a certain character that you don't sound like a kid. 
Yeah. Right. You sound well, like Toby. Well, you just had, at that point, hadn't figured out good melodies and stuff yet. But I thought the there voice, was some creative well, melodies. I, I mean, like, good, yeah. when I say good melodies, I mean very where you're at now. But, like, it's more... So there's, flashes of, there's flashes of <laughs> no, stuff that catch saying. your attention. No, that's what I'm saying. Sure. But the voice is the same. It's not... I don't hear that. Uh, there's some oh, bad. Toby there's some bad voice sing. stuff. But now this is the song that the first song we did as Emory when we were like we decided to start Emory. Now to also Seattle. Matt recorded all of this. I mean he just said, "What did you do? Record this on like a little eight eight track digital yeah. thing, like you know just a little rolling eight track thing." But this is the first song we did um, as Emory. Yeah, this one vocally sounds pretty bad. What is that clarinet in the background? It's my Moog keyboard. Oh, okay. That's not bad. That's dope. This one, this song's pretty cool, but it's a little goofy compared. You know. It's, yeah, it gets a. Yeah. We got on a compilation and we thought we'd made it because so we sent it to every everywhere we could, and then it got on a compilation. We thought, all right. Here we go, but no. nothing happened after that for many right. years. <laughs> <laughs> Take your lumps. I like the clean tone. Are you trying to go for Pedro the Lion? Listen to on this. That? This is very cool, I think. Just the chords that Toby would pick out were really neat, I thought. It's a little dramatic. Yeah, so. We, this is when we were really figuring out because we were big on dynamics, like getting soft and getting. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, Emory staple yeah. there. And we're figuring it out. You can hear us kind of working it out here. It's more emo. I can't find my heart. I can't find my heart is the chorus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but there's just a raw emotion to it that yeah. I think, like. If you have that and you grow with it, it's always going to develop into something more nuanced and cool. I just, well, I like, if you don't have that at the beginning, that raw emotion that's like cheesy now, yeah. but sincere then, yeah. then I don't know if you have something that's going to develop. Like, you need that. How long is this song, man? It's long. I'm faded. No, no. I, how long is it? Um... Five minutes, yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we never wrote a song. That's probably minutes. our shortest <laughs> That's song. That's the shortest. <laughs> yeah. That was the, the third short verse song. Right now. Yeah. So how, how, yeah, which is really yeah. funny now that I think about it too. It's just like when, like, even on this tour, we're like, we're all on tour together right now. When you see opening bands that are playing it the first time, their songs are long and they always go over their set times. Yeah, because you don't know. You think I got to show everybody everything, and I got to have like we used to think literally all of our songs had five to seven different parts. You know what I mean? Like we thought, don't don't repeat something, show something new, and then play that over and over a little bit, and then, yeah. you know, move, and and we just didn't realize it was all of our identity wrapped up in all of that. That last night in Philadelphia, the first local didn't show up or whatever, and so the second local guy was like, "Hey man, you uh, like Billy, you know, whatever, like that." He's like, "Hey, so the first local ain't gonna play. Like we go on like a few minutes early, play like 35, 40 minutes." And I said, <laughs> "I was like, I was like, nah." I was like, "Dude, I promise you." It won't help not you to play longer. Yeah, I said that. You. I was like, it's not good for you. Nobody, we don't, you don't want that long of a set. I was like, nobody's going to want that. <laughs> what did he say? Did he, he said, oh, okay, all right, okay, man. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He, he, he just walked away thinking, dickhead. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> no, you he never heard my band. <laughs> he gave me his number at the end of that. I'd never heard him, but whatever. <laughs> you just don't know. You think you got, you, 
the longer you stay, the more this, people will fall. This in bridge love with sounds it. like Emory. Does, yeah, I love it. This, sounds actually. Like, this bridge sounds like uh, your this first. This is what I thought. Screamo. Yeah. When I said screamo. That's this. Yeah. You say you do emo yeah. and then you scream like this. Yeah. And it's building. This yeah, sounds like the week's end. I don't know chainsaw. what song. This is kind of grungy. It was pretty cool. There's a little screaming here. Is he saying erase my name? I don't know what he said. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I think that one turned out good, but it still wasn't. We couldn't get signed from that. What I love, which was sent to yeah. everybody. We played it. But we that, would go around. That's the heart. That's the heart of them because it. you guys always would finish. Like I don't know if it was on the question in the week's end. Same thing. It was like you would finish songs so strong you just like burn it to the ground i don't the like end ending songs with another chorus that's never been <laughs> that's just never made it was sense like the me. end bridge but that's like the heart that's, like, that's what i'm saying is like that was the heart of your band from the very beginning and yeah. you kept that so we wrote right after that we wrote the secret and then we wrote waltz those were the first three songs we write it was that the secret this on the last song on the week's end and the first song on the week's end so it was huh. written in the same batch but then even walls though i will play the the first version of it oh god um, which is, is horrible this is but so Awful. The first version of Walls, and we couldn't get signed with it. We couldn't get signed. We'd send it you all. You couldn't get signed with your biggest song, maybe. This is Walls, though. No, yeah. <laughs> what? So yes, this is the first this, yeah. Walls idea. Just so slow. The screaming at the beginning was only added in the studio on the day that we recorded the song. Wow. There's some funny stuff. Do you even it. play that guitar part anymore? I don't know. That part? I don't think you do. It's, I don't know. I just saw Very Hope's slow. Fall play and went oh. home and wrote something that I thought made me feel like Hope's Fall made me feel like. Yeah, yeah. But some of the keyboard stuff I always thought in this I like. That's still the same. So that part of the meat of the songs there, I'll skip ahead, but the end is so hilarious. It is. Oh, gonna, wait, first you, of all, the, the knuckles break before they bleed part, that wasn't in there. No, that wasn't even in there. Oh. All right, I'm sorry. Hold on, check this out. You're going to die laughing at this. I'm, it's just too embarrassing. This is right before the knuckles break before they bleed part, right? It has and this instead. Uh, <laughs> but that's about the refining. I mean, you cut. So you're like the ah parts don't get people. Yeah, right. Cut that out. And then the end. Great. Of the song is just great. I didn't know you were gonna play this. <laughs> this is so bad. I mean, y'all were going to other people and recording your music. It's just mad. That's all we had. This is so awful. <laughs> this is so awful. Listen. 
<laughs> oh god. What? This is what we thought was good. We thought was bad. We worked for hours, hours and hours on. We looked at each other and went, "Oh my god, we just wrote this." <laughs> I mean, the this is Aaron this, is dying over here. He can't even this speak. Is, this is the song we're most known face. for. So wait, we Ed, built what? a career on this song. <laughs> Where was the turning point? Was it all Ed? Ed was it the was turning point. I'll, I'll tell you. Oh, listen to the end. <laughs> well, the timing the timing got a little bit more intricate so, in the well, final so version. So we had this, that song. We did it for a couple of years that way, and we would close with it, and it was our best song. <laughs> like in that way, it was still already was still our best song, but it, it wasn't that good, and it couldn't get assigned or anything else right. like that. And then we did the. Uh, well, before we went to the studio, we were working super hard. We're like, could it be better? Could it be better? Could it be better? And we practiced every night. And we came up with the middle part, which is the, this knuckles break before they bleed. Yeah. And then the week before we went to the studio, we were like, you know, maybe we can make that breakdown like slower. Like halftime of what that oh, was. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. That'd be too slow. We can't do that, right? No, we can't do that. No, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's really make it extra slow and more empty. Because it was like when breakdowns were first, we were starting to first get that vibe of the big empty breakdown thing. We said, it felt so gutsy of a move to do that, even though that was silly. But it felt really gutsy and weird to do that super long empty thing. And so we said, do it. And then we wrote some screaming, I guess, then. And then in the studio, literally the day before we were doing vocals and stuff, we did the instrumental intro until it was like, we're putting vocals everywhere. Shouldn't I just scream and do stuff at the beginning too? We're like, yeah, I guess. And he went and wrote, and then, are you listening? All that it was the day before we recorded it. And just that was it. Yeah, we just thought you got to put it here. <laughs> so the breakdown at the end was the week before we recorded yeah. it, and the beginning was so, the day I mean, before you, we recorded it. You were so close to not having a career. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> is that close? Really? One hundred percent. Yeah. So close. I mean, we just decided one day. Well, you probably need something here. Let's. Yeah. Oh, what if What if we started the song with "Are you listening?" And it came in. Yeah. yeah it just seemed like I mean, so aggressive. It. I mean, if you hadn't done idea. that, right? No. The tooth and nail. Several of them told us. They said, "Oh man, that that's it." That when we heard that, we thought, "Oh, this is unbelievable. It's got to be the first track and everything." You know what I mean? Yeah. And we just thought it's just another song. Like the walls was was just a song for us. You know. It, it is crazy. I mean, you just don't know. You just do stuff, and then that's how it turns out. But the yeah, the hearing that now is very so funny. Fun. Very funny. <laughs> well, it goes to show you got to follow your creative muse, no matter what step you're at. Well, but the, what we know. were doing was taking the things that we were doing that were good and amplifying them more. Right. Like aggressive time change. Aggressive. Oh, for us, it makes a ton of sense to do a, a extra halftime, extra slow thing to sure. stand out from the other to go back and forth because that's the thing we were doing was. That was Contrast. unique, yeah. and then to hyper doing the thing that we were doing that was unique, and Toby's vocals being the main centerpiece. Like, well, give them space, add them everywhere, cut this, cut that, right. and just lean into the thing that's working the most. And you, that takes, I guess, time to do and figure. And, it out. and I would even say this too, like uh, especially like uh, I know I've been talking about it to Matt a lot and uh, both Matts, but just I read that book, The War of Art, and I realized more and more, and it's so hard. There is a real resistance of we're good enough. We're, we're we wrote the song. Like when you when you have a song, like when you have a verse and a chorus and a verse and a chorus and a bridge, and then of course you're like okay. And like we did not stop on that song for whatever reason. Like I, even I don't even think we realized it at the moment. Yeah. But 
introducing Ed Rose into our first group, we're like, whoa, he, he says we should cut stuff. And well, maybe he's right and he's smarter than us. So, so maybe, maybe we should do something. And, and if, if this is just some guitar part, why not do like we never quit on that song until eventually it became one of our most right. maybe I guess our most famous song. They always say kill your darlings, and then like Anne Lamott says, shitty first draft. Right. It's her main yeah. thing is like shitty first draft. You sit down, you write, and it's always shitty first draft yeah. because it's this idea that you are going to revise and revise and revise. Yeah. And in order to revise, you have to kill your darlings. The thing that you were in love with first might not be the thing that you even keep at the end. Yeah. And and that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't learn is well, that they, like, they fall in scary. love. You're with, exactly that's very scary. Yeah, go your ego and you know the worst people are people that go. I know in my heart that I'm wonderful, <laughs> and this is my art, and this is it. And I, you know what I mean. That you're not going to get much better if that's your right. attitude. Really. But because you've fallen in love with your first draft, yeah. and it's always shitty. Yeah, it's never perfect. So. And, it, and honestly, it was a lot to get to that first draft in a right. way. So you're like, I got to do more? Wait, I, I, the song's done, right? I mean, I need to change this part or we, yeah. I have to add. Well, like, you just feel defensive. I mean, yes. you know what I'm saying? Like, Your identity's yeah. wrapped up in it. It's really hard. Mm. And and you, I mean, there. I'll be honest. I think all of us here, there is something about us that has a little bit of ego about our art. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, Or we sure. wouldn't be here without it. You know, It's not even necessary. It's a just as much of a positive as it is a negative, but it, there's something in all of us that go, yeah, I'm a musician. I'm, I'm pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, you have to have that, or else you won't be. You have to have that, but also you have to yield. Yes. And let stuff go. Well, and like, yes. and like you've heard, the demos were near, were not nearly as good as the finished product. Yeah. You're right. So what our art was was not as good as what it became yeah. when when we allowed other people to critique it and we gave ourselves the ability to revise it and change it. And so. many, many, many people still think it sucks. And bad. many people <laughs> still think it sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, many, still, many people. There's always the comments like, yeah, yeah they're not that good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We got one just yesterday. <laughs> God, hashtag God, boring ass God band. Yeah, boring yeah, ass hashtag God is boring ass God band. Hashtag night. boring ass God band. <laughs> Which is brilliant. She's Snooze new, fest. The lady that wrote that should be a poet or something. That's just too smart. She's more talented than all of us. <laughs> all right, we're good. Thank you. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Joe. And, and we're, we're the, the Professional, professional Book, Book Nerds. Nerds. 
Two Mondays a month, we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books, what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always, happy happy reading. reading!